How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Extra Pass Pod. I'm here with Jack Dimitros, and we have a lot to get into today, so let's get right to it. Um, the first item on the menu is Jamal Murray tearing his ACL, one of the most heartbreaking injuries of the season. Um, I think this really demonstrates what the compacted season is giving to players um, in terms of how many games they're trying to squeeze into this window. I saw a report that was detailing some ACL injuries in recent years, and there's normally three every season, which I thought that was really low personally, but on the average NBA year, there's three torn ACLs. Jamal Murray, I believe, is the fourth this season, and I mean, we've seen so many players go down in the past week or two. Um, It seems like a lot of teams are really starting to feel the weight of um, you know, the compressed schedule, but this is, this one is just, this stings so badly. Yeah. To, uh, to actually respond to your first point real quick, uh, injuries are actually not up this year, believe it or not. It just feels that way. Cause hmm. it's, it's more of the, the star players yeah. that are missing the games, right. Instead of role players, but injuries, uh, I don't even think major injuries are actually up this year. Obviously you said there's, you know, that's another torn ACL, but just, you know, so it's like three. just ACLs that are the aberration. Yeah, exactly. It's, huh, it's just everything. The injuries are not really up this year, but, uh, yeah. And I guess it like, surprised me, but yeah, like COVID too. So many guys mm-hmm. missing games for so COVID protocols. It like feels like an injury, although it's not. Um, but yeah, I mean th- this one just stinks so bad because we it talked really about does. the nuggets literally last week. How and then the day after. Yeah, I know. Like they're a dark horse. Jamal Murray is my favorite non-Celtic in the league. It's not even close. Don't call me a bandwagon fan, although I did buy his jersey during the bubble stretch last year. <laughs> but regardless, I mean, this is like 25% of their offense, you know, 25% of, you know, their identity, I would say, even more. Like, it seems like throughout the year, him and Jokic kind of just take turns carrying the team to really, you know, incredibly high heights. And, you know, given how they performed last year in the bubble together, I really had hope for them um, to possibly come out of the West. And it seemed crazy to say that at the beginning of the season, but, you know, then they go and add Aaron Gordon and suddenly look like the best team in the NBA. And then this has to happen just as they're reaching their peak. I mean, they were on a crazy win streak last week. Oh yeah. Um, and they were just playing great basketball. They, I mean, they're positioned right now at the four seed. And I guess my, I'm interested to see, um, how they're going to handle in the in the playoffs because like they're not done right like they're going to be they're probably going to have home court advantage for a playoff series and they're still a really solid team without Jamal Murray but you know he he I can't see them like going past the second round without him now and yeah given I, how loaded I think the, West the other is. problem is uh guess who they're playing the first round I mean the Lakers yeah with a healthy yeah, Anthony right, Davis like, and LeBron James most likely yeah without Jamal they're not beating the Lakers. No, you know, if they could get up to the three seed, and I, I don't think like they again they were on that big win streak without Jamal Murray, so mm-hmm. I, they can definitely win games in the regular season without him for sure. Uh, but you know when you look at what the rest of the Western Conference is doing right now as well, mm-hmm. um, like the Clippers are on a roll. You know the Suns are just too far ahead. You know the Jazz are just too far ahead for them to catch. So, yeah. again, it does look like, you know, they're either going to be the four or the five seed. You know, they're only a game and a half ahead of the Lakers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they could, again, they'll be the four or the five seed. And it just, you know, without Jamal, I, they, they, it just, I mean, it doesn't have the extra shot creation that you need in the playoffs. You know, no. I love the Aaron Gordon edition, but he doesn't have, you know, the, the creation aspect. 
uh, that, you know, Jamal Murray had or anything like that, right? He was an off-ball mm-hmm. player and, and used for his defense. And now I think they have some a lot of guys that I think can help, right? Like, guys I really like, like, you know, Monte Morris, Faku Campazzo. But those are, are mostly playmakers, mm-hmm. you know, not, not you know, one-on-one scores. And just so much of the scoring burden is going to go, you know, even more on Jokic. And now a lot of that is going to go to MPJ. Yep. So, you know, he is kind of the key to the team right now. And whether they'll have a chance against the Lakers or whoever they end up facing in the postseason, you know, I think I think MPJ is the guy who is going to have to, uh, to step to up. Take, step up, yeah. yeah. I totally agree. And honestly, MPJ's season is flying under the radar for a lot of people. Oh, for sure. Just, I mean, on the topic, he's playing so well this year. 17 points per game on insane efficiency. He's shooting 54% from the field and 43% from three. And I mean, like, I feel like so many teams are kicking themselves for being so bogged down with his injury concerns in the draft. I was just thinking about this earlier today, but he's having an awesome season. And the real reason that this sucks is, I mean, partially because... They're going to miss a huge, you know, contending window this year. But this is going to drag into next season because this injury, where we are typically situated, would be the latter end of the playoffs. Um, so he's going to, you know, make his return. And obviously, I'm not too worried about his recovery. Be, you know, like the state of the art treatment for ACL tears is, you know, pretty, pretty impressive, I'd say. But just in terms of timetable, like he, he'll be back next playoffs which sucks for so many reasons because this team has like all the pieces in place now, you know, they have the winning under their belt. They have the young core. They have solid acquisitions like in Aaron Gordon. Um, And then for it all to just, you know, one injury in garbage time, essentially, you know, like the final 90 seconds of a game. And here we are. But when they were down, like what? Like they were. Yeah, it was like, it was like 12. I mean, they were kind of coming back, but it was still just so frustrating because yeah, again, at that point, you know, no. the season's winding down. Exactly. Right? Again, as you said, you know, under a minute left. I know. It's just such just, a shame. Just take your guys out. Like, and, like, this will also impact their defense a lot. I, I didn't really consider this before, but I remember we were joking about the Jamal Murray Defensive Player of the Year ladder thing. But, I mean, he's an integral part of their defense, too. And I think it's just very clear that they were already a team that kind of had a small chance to win a title. But at the same time fully capable right like they have everything mm-hmm. they need to contend so this just sucks i don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> i'm <laughs> i was really upset um when it first happened i was like no like no way this is not real and here we are but also in injury news donovan mitchell sp- sprained ankle i believe um he's only out for a week but i don't know honestly this is really isn't as important as i first thought but it did it look pretty bad scarier than it did when it happened it I'm did glad He'll be okay. Yeah. And his injury gave the Lakers a nice dub because the Jazz decided <laughs> to rest their entire team. Yep. His team still went to overtime. But yeah, thank not I'm not thanking him for getting hurt, but <laughs> Yeah, and then also hope, hope he heals up soon. He should be fine. But um Lamarcus Aldridge, unfortunately, announced his retirement yeah, this past week after a scary incident with an irregular heartbeat. Um honestly, when I heard this, obviously I, I felt for him it's really tough to you know, have to pull out in the middle of a season on a contending team. So, you know, it's, it's a tough situation, but in terms of impact, like on the court, I really don't think the Nets will feel his loss. 
too much. I mean, I don't know. You no, mentioned they, they won't like you wouldn't see him playing in a playoff series anyways. Is that true? Um, I, I think it depends on the matchup for sure. I think uh, the thing about LMA is that even to this day, he can still drill that left elbow fade away. Like it's, it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. So you're playing a team, uh, you know, who, you know, uses a, a, like a bigger team who is defending Kyrie with a guard. Uh, I'm sure, you know, and they're switching because that's really the only way you're going to be able to defend the Nets is by switching. Yeah. So, you know, switching a small guard in LMA, he can cook them with mm-hmm. that, you know, turnaround that he's got the pick and pop game. So I, I think he might be, might have been a guy who played in the playoffs again, depending on the matchup, because his defense is just not good anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, you know, to talk about LMA, I mean, he has been, you know, one of my favorite players. You know, when he was, his, was in his prime, uh, he was one of my favorite players uh, ever. I remember I know when I was first, uh, well, yeah, when I was first getting into basketball, I would always play uh, 2K with the Trailblazers. Yeah, I just I'd shoot a ton of uh, post post fades with Lamarcus Aldridge, mm-hmm. and I don't know, just brings me back to to you know when I was a little kid. So I'll I'll definitely be you know I'll be missing seeing Lamarcus Aldridge on the court. I really hope that he's okay and mm-hmm. that, you know, he gets this sorted out because this is not just something that's, you know, dangerous for your basketball career. You know, it's dangerous for your life. Yeah. Right? You know, nothing to play with. I hope he, you know, gets better. Mm-hmm. And uh, congratulations on his retirement. It was a fantastic career. Yeah, honestly, all I have to say is that... Hall of Famer. Yeah, oh, of course. And it's just... I, I mean, it's terrible, the circumstances he's in now, but... At the very least, you know, he played a fulfilling and long career. Mm-hmm. So it happened. I mean, better now than, you know, like seven years ago. Yep. And and he's part of one of the biggest the biggest what ifs if in NBA history. What if Brandon Roy and Grego never got hurt? Yeah. The tr- the that team, the when Brandon Roy, Lamarcus Aldridge and Greg Oden played together, do you know what the record of that team was? Sixty two wins? Sixty two and ten. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah, and, I know. It's up uh, there. It's, I would say, it's, like, my biggest what if is Penny Hardaway, but... Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the biggest, but, you know, one of the biggest for sure, especially yeah. of this decade, or the last decade. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's a lot of great what ifs in the NBA, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I guess, but t- plenty of thought discussions that we can definitely have uh, in the off season. but also um, Kevin Durant out again with a thigh contusion... I'm gonna be honest. I'm not sure what the severity of this injury is. Um, so I don't either. I just know that like <laughs> this is the only thing that can derail the Nets at this point. Injuries like they've been banged up sort of all year with you know Harden now missing time, KD obviously out for an extended period of time, and now he's back. You know off the court. It's just like I still feel like this team, even with one of the three, one of the big three out, they're still a title contender. I don't know. What yeah. do you think? I don't. I don't think they can win a title without uh, one of the three. Um, I think they're just going to get tested too much in the playoffs. I, I their defense has improved, but it's still average. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So uh, without you know one of the big stars, especially if it's Kevin Durant, yeah, they're not. They're not making it to the finals. You know they're they're losing to the Bucks or the Sixers if one of the three are out. In my opinion. Um, they will have a challenging road, regardless. Yeah, they they really will. Like they really will, especially because 
with all these injuries, I think they're likely to be the two seed. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be easy for Brooklyn. Um, but you know, I I do agree. Like I don't think this injury is going to be a big deal, right? A contusion. Yeah, no, he'll he'll like be bruise, fine, right? He'll be fine. But his injuries have definitely been very concerning. But I do think a lot of it, you know, is uh, like the year, you know, coming back from an Achilles, you're naturally going to overcompensate mm-hmm. from that leg, right? And I think that is what has led to his injuries this year. Yeah. And, you know, the good news in, is that this should kind of stop over time. But, mm-hmm. you know, the bad news is he's getting hurt like crazy right now. And you never know when that could flare up in the playoffs. Yep. Um, so, yeah, definitely hope KD is also healthy. Obviously, you know, love watching him as well. Yeah. Need him on the on the floor come playoff time just because that seems to be so, so fun to watch in the playoffs. Yeah, they actually just came out of a game today losing to Miami at the buzzer after KD had checked out, obviously. But they could, all in all likelihood, end up having to play Miami and then Milwaukee and then Philly, which is just a real gauntlet in terms of physicality. You know, I mean, three great defenses, obviously. Playoff-ready defenses. And, like, three teams that would all push the Nets to the brink in terms of their weaknesses, I feel like in terms of just, like, getting dominated down low. But, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that they will come out fine, assuming they're healthy. But, like you said, you know, any given night, one of the three-headed monster heads could fall, um, like we just saw with KD. But in other news, Steph Curry is playing incredible. Like, this isn't really anything new at this point because he's having an MVP-like season. Yeah, Steph, Steph Curry is Steph Currying. Yeah, pretty much. Just a little bit more than usual as of late. Yeah, just more than you. I so, mean, yeah, just his numbers recently are out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored 30 points in 10 consecutive games. That's ridiculous. Um, he has an effective field goal percentage of 70.9, which is absolutely obscene. Yeah. Um. I don't know how many how many points a game is he averaging? Thirty two now. Thirty two over the last ten. Oh no, for the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, what is he averaging over the last ten? Like forty. I, I want to say like thirty eight, but with some incredible performances, like last night. Um, that Celtics Warriors game, in my opinion, was the greatest Celtics game that we've seen this year. But it was also just a masterclass on both ends of the offense between Steph and JT, just trading threes hitting absurd types of shots. I'm not sure if you saw Tatum's buzzer beater at the end of the first half. It, I mean, that, that wasn't even the highlight of the night. It was just a crazy fireworks show that the Celtics came out of on the right end. Yeah, but... I did not see that that buzzer beater. I only saw... only thing I saw in the first half was the uh, was the Curry shot, the lefty the lefty hook oh my from God. basically three. I totally forgot that, that, that even one. happened. That was ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many great moments. If you haven't, I encourage you to go watch those highlights. I mean... I, I love catching up on games just by watching the highlight reels that the NBA posts. But that one for the Celtics game last night might have been the best, you know, like just condensed compilation of highlights I've seen because it was literally just all incredible shots and, you know, like crazy isolation plays. But um, it's just really (laughs) – I don't know what Steph Curry's future is in Golden State because at the moment he's still playing like 
you know, one of the greatest players on the planet. Like, if you said right now, Steph Curry is the best player in the league, it's not going to, like, you know, draw any criticism, really. Right? That's a totally fair assessment. He has a completely valid case to be the best player in the world right now. Yeah. I mean, again, just the numbers he's putting up this year with the garbage spacing of that team. That's the real thing. uh, It's incredible. Like, I think... Without Steph Curry on the floor, they're like the, one of the the ninth worst offense in the history of the game. Yep, and they are you know average to above average with him, which alone it's is incredible. But yeah, I like, mean, they just do not have personnel that fits his game, and yet he's still posting the best numbers of his career. You know, better than when he had elite floor spacing. They they are worse than twenty sixteen. In in but what slight, stat category? Ever so slightly points and field goal percentage and three-point percentage he's currently averaging more points per game believe it or not oh he is yeah 30 actually it's 31 on the season compared to 30 I will say he, he's playing way more minutes this year he is he is he's i mean he's doing he it was, all but he was he was that he like didn't even play in like half the third quarters yeah or fourth quarters that 2016 year so the, even the points are a little a little relative but yeah so uh, and yeah over the last nine he's averaging 40 yeah that's ridiculous it's just it's it really is a shame that he's stuck in the situation that he's in. I'm just curious to see whether or not this devolves into him forcing his way out or forcing them to make a legitimate move. I saw a report last week that they're interested in acquiring Kawhi Leonard this offseason in free it's agency. Not like probably not, right? And also like who wouldn't be interested? Yeah, interested. Exactly. So I don't know. That was kind of a useless headline, but Yeah, the the, the cap uh, it just does not line up. Like that would mm. not. It just can't happen. <laughs> it can't happen. So, in your opinion, what are what, what's a move that they can actually make that keeps them going where they want to go in terms of contending with Steph Curry on the roster? It kind of feels first, like they're just in limbo. The the first thing you have to do is you have to pray that you get the Timberwolves pick this year, mm-hmm. and then you you're gonna have to trade that pick Wiseman and you know salary cap filler for something yeah for somebody that's the only way again who that person is I do not know right you know the NBA is a wild place superstars request trades all the time you know I I don't know who the next superstar to request a trade is maybe Carl Anthony Towns Again, whoever it is. Wow, I'm just just thinking about that offense is making yeah. me. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, um, they have to trade the assets that they had for a, a star level player. I mean, that's the only way. That the only way can, out. Yeah, they can get out because they're in such a terrible salary cap position that it's going to be so difficult to you know be able to sign, uh, you know, good you know, contributors in free agency. Mm-hmm. Again, just not going to happen because of the cap. And who knows how good Clay is going to be when he gets back, which makes it even worse. Yeah. Right? Even if you do bring in, you know, a Carl Anthony Towns, who knows how good Clay is. And if he's not, you know, near the old Clay Thompson, still you don't have a championship contending team. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's just a, such a tough spot. Which you know makes you think that it is possible that he he gets out of that you know he leaves, but I don't think that's really 
his thing. Like, I don't think Steph Curry would leave the Warriors. Right, it, um, it feels that way. But at the same time, yeah. right, if he's looking down you never know. the road. Yeah, because he has so much good basketball left in him. So much. He really does. Like, he's he's hitting a new peak, I would say. I mean, you know, he bulked up this offseason preparing for more of a workload. And he's, like, reaping the benefits of it. But I don't and, see an end in sight the way he's yeah, playing right his now. his game is not one that, you know relies entirely on quickness right as you said with the added bulk he's stronger now he's really good at using his body around the rim mm-hmm. you know, he's never been a super vertical player and so much of his off-ball movement is based on you know conditioning uh and iq yep you know uh which are things that don't really go away with age no definitely um, not so i i do think he has you know five years five great years left and again the shooting Never coming, never leaving, no, leaving no, him. <laughs> never. So, even even at his worst, he will be an elite addition to you know any yeah, team. Exactly. I mean, look, like, look, a, like looking at the way that Chris Paul's playing this year, at the mm-hmm. ripe old age of thirty five, going on thirty six, with you know, I'd say like a similar durability to some degree. But yeah, I mean, the, the end is the end is nowhere close. So hopefully they can resolve that situation sooner rather than later. Um, we also have witnessed a six-game win streak by the New York Knicks. They're 31-27 and 27 right now, and I feel like it's time to legitimately call Julius Randle a star. It sounds weird to say that, but... It does, but he has to be. Right? Like, he has to be. He, he is the Knicks. He has to be considered that. I mean, like, I don't know if you watched the game against the Mavs where he dropped 44. Yeah. Like, I don't know what got into this man. <laughs> I know. He is knocking down everything yeah like, it's not you know the julius randall of old you know I, I was i was a lakers fan right he was drafted by the lakers i used to watch you know julius randall before he was a star all the time yeah he's just such a different player like he used to just barrel his way into the paint and shoot no matter what you know now he gives up the ball when there's doubles and his handle has always been good but now he's using it to create space for jump shots and his jump shot is money mm-hmm. he does not like he's a legit he's shooting 40 percent from three this year and his mid-range game is is great yeah it's re- like I, he's so he's easily the most improved player this year oh yeah no doubt and just what he's done is is incredible again uh it's a contract year, so he's better get paid this off season. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, Maybe that's all he was I, waiting for. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I I hope not. <laughs> oh yeah. But um, yeah, like it's so and it is so great to see you know more than just Julius Randle, the Knicks as a whole be good. Mm-hmm. It's so like it's so nice and, and it's you know it's a team that's you know built around their defense with. You know, Tibbs doing a great job this year. Again, he should be in contention for Coach of the Year. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. Agreed. Um, and uh, R.J. Barrett having a yeah, has pretty... So uh, underrated year. He's improved so much. Uh, yeah. And he... I wasn't so super high on R.J. coming, uh, you know, into the NBA, but he has been really good. And Nerland's Noel uh, is... Definitely one of the most underrated players in the NBA to me. I have no idea how he is on a one-year, five-point-five million-dollar deal, mm-hmm. um, and he's a, a legitimately like great rim protector and lob threat. Yeah, like I don't know how he got that cheap of a deal. It makes no sense. <laughs> um, but 
No, and they and outside of them, like you know, Mitchell Robinson, who's hurt, unfortunately. You know, Emmanuel quickly. Uh, they just have a lot of good players, and you know they D have Rose. all their picks for the future. Yep, obviously. I mean, I don't know if he's in the future plans. No, but, yeah, probably not. Uh, like they just have they have a, a really solid foundation there, you know, which is what I really like about what they're doing. It really, you know, it's it really does remind me so much of the Brooklyn Nets of what was that 2018? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Where honestly, D'Angelo Russell was an All Star. Yeah, it, right. Like I kind of see the parallel. Shockingly similar to that season because no one expected the Nets to be good that year. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a a young former uh, uh, Laker come in and have his breakout year uh, and lead the team to a playoff berth. Right. So a lot of similarities, but again, I don't know if they'll be bringing in uh, a a top five player and a top fifteen player this off season. Maybe uh, not. But, again, but still, it's the Knicks. Again, like it's again, a huge it is market. the Knicks. Um, and now that they look respectable, people exactly. are going to want to go there. Exactly. So, you know, be on the lookout for the Knicks in the future. And who knows, maybe even this season. I mean, I yeah, obviously, I wouldn't put them in any serious contention this year, no. despite the season they're having. But I think you mentioned, you know, Randall entering a contract year. This changes everything for them because when they acquired him, you know, like, I don't think anyone saw this coming, first of all, but two, I don't think their front office really planned for, you know, Julius Randle to be the centerpiece they of a team, did not. right? Yeah. So like, this is completely new to them. I'm sure they, I, I, I'm sure they plan on extending him this off season, obviously, but it really does change everything. I mean, they're an attractive destination for free agents. They've always been a threat to acquire free agents. You know, it's always the most talked about but never landed free agent destination, I feel like, is the Knicks. Like, every single time, a star's name will be mentioned there. But now there's actually a legitimate reason to go there, as you mentioned. I mean, a great defense. Honestly, I would look for them to be really active with Kawhi this offseason. I, I mean, they are a team that comes to mind. And I think, he personally, he'd be a great fit. But the Julius Randle breakthrough that I think is really shocking is his playmaking. Right? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, a lot of this is coming from his jumper, which is now, like, you know, pretty deadly. But just in general, whenever I see him post a stat line, or like a triple double essentially, I'm just like, what? Julius Randle dropping like 11 assists? He's he's always had like a little bit of, he's always shown like the, the flashes of passing, mm-hmm. but he's always just kind of been a ball hog. Yeah. You know, and now he's kind of understanding that he can't just do it all on his own. Yeah. Again, as you said, another huge improvement that he's made. Yeah, so, I mean, he's pretty much keeping them... I I would say he's backpacking them, at least on the offensive end, for sure. But they have been much more fun to watch. Also, I guess it's about time to get into it. The Celtics, on a six-game win streak as well. Winners of eight of their last nine. And I'm going to be honest. This sounds crazy, right? Because it almost sounds hypocritical, but... I think that they're close to re-entering the contender conversation. And I'm just going to, like, fully articulate this. But obviously, you know, like, the core of this team has always shown the ability to advance deep into the playoffs, right? Like, they've they've done it three years in a row. They have the DNA to. But they're finally starting to click. It took until now. But I, the one reason I won't overreact to this stretch 
is because, you know, two months ago we were talking about whether or not they should consider their draft position the way the season was heading. And, you know, their only consistent aspect has been inconsistency, whether it's folding in late games, you know, blowing leads, losing to the worst team in the league. They have not, you know, manifested fully for a stretch this long all year. But it's it's really a different team now. I mean, given the acquisitions they've made, we still haven't really seen Evan Fournier play for an extended period of time. But it's just a totally different look and feel. And the result is much different. But I will say one aspect of the team's turnaround as of late that I picked up on is the Kemba playmaking. That is something that I've always been interested in because like they have, you know, shot creation. They don't really need a ball dominant point guard who's looking for his own shot, right? That kind of just seems like an established fact. Kemba was never really that glue guy in terms of being a playmaker. But like over this winning stretch, he's averaging seven assists per game. He's taking less shots. He's a little bit more efficient at the rim, which is definitely a good sign. But I think that his, you know, embracing a different type of role, something that he's totally capable of, it's been huge for them. And obviously, Jason Tatum, he's he's been going crazy ever since his 53-point game. But really, I mean, he's on a crazy stretch right now. I believe it's like 14 straight games of 20-plus points. Yeah, something like that. Ever since he heard that stupid guy on WEEI, talking about how (laughs) Jason Tatum needs to find a new home. Like, I swear to God, he heard that and, you know, acted accordingly. But I'm going to be honest. The only reason I am holding back my ambition for the Celtics team is, one, like I mentioned, the small sample size. But, two, it's really just about who's in front of them. Like, I think this team is fully capable of reaching great heights. But, you know... I don't know if they're fully capable of a height as great as, you know, toppling the Nets or I still think they can beat the Sixers in a seven game series. That's my hot take. But aside from that, I feel like they still have some stuff to work out. Yeah, I don't I definitely think the Celtics have improved a lot, but I'm still worried about Kemba in the playoffs. Yeah, Um, just the defense and just how bad he was last year. Mm hmm. You know, it's not going to leave my head until he performs well in the playoffs. And that they've had, the A, the bench still is garbage. It's, although we haven't seen Fournier back. Okay, so. yeah, see, that's where I kind of want to disagree. Because, like, all season that has been true. Their bench has been awful. And even still, I'll admit that, like, their, you know, like, 8th through 10th players are really not not strong. But... It's now a bench. You probably only run eight players in the playoffs. Yes, exactly. That's one. But also, like, when you have a... I mean, Evan Fournier, that's, like, premier bench stock. I'm not sure you can get, you know, like, a better bench acquisition midseason for the price that they did. But also, like, yeah. that's a that's a 20-point-per-game scorer. That's an elite volume three-point shooter. Um, and he's their sixth man, essentially. So... Beyond that, like the, the return of Romeo Langford has been huge for them defensively. He's obviously always been a very intriguing defensive prospect, but he allows them to do so much. Um, and he can pretty much guard one through four pretty confidently, I'd say. Got some surprising bounce. And, uh, I mean, he's always been a like above-average um, low-post defender for his size. But like with the return of him, with the addition of Evan Fournier... You still have a guy like Peyton Pritchard who's very capable and competent, you know, harnessing the offense. 
it's not as bad as it was. And that's really the big turnaround has been their bench play. They also picked up Luke Cornett at the deadline, who was seemingly just like a filler player. But reports came out that Danny Ainge was really interested in him. Um, and they were able to just kind of squeeze him out of the deal for free, essentially. So he's been pretty strong for them. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just like Grant Williams in the rotation. He's like the worst player on their bench right now, I would mm-hmm. say. Unless you had someone else in mind that <laughs> you think is no, worse, I, but... No, I, I do not. Damn it. I <laughs> thought Grant Williams was going to be so good. I know, it man. He's bad, it's, It really does. And, I mean, I'm not giving up on him by any means. But right now, like, he's just... He can't do anything. I remember he's, like, he was shooting lights out at the start of the season. And we were like, oh, my God. He's going to be P.J. Tucker. And then, <laughs> like, no. The only thing he can do is sort of switch on defense. But, yeah, he's kind of, like, he just catches the ball, and I have no clue what he's going to do with it. Aside, like, he just catches it and moves on. He can't really factor into the offense at all, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, in general, I think that the Celtics are a much different team. And if you heard me talk about them, like, you know, a month and a half ago, you'd probably be so pissed at me right now because I flipped so much. But, like, the team flipped. They flipped their roster. Yeah. They flipped their energy. And, I mean, they're still a team that has two all-stars and... You know, sort of a third occasionally. So if you abstract it enough, like they are a team that should contend. And yeah, the the only other concern I've had about their recent winning stretch is that it has required just some un- unbelievable performances. Yeah, that's true. Right, which like does always get me hesitant. Right, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Jason Tatum forty seven, uh, Jalen Brown forty on ridiculous efficiency, Jason Tatum fifty three. Yep. You know, no, absolutely, but definitely, but. Like, those are guys who can do that thing. You mm-hmm. know, they can put up those numbers. So it's not, you know, like a huge worry, but, you know. No, I would agree. You can't fully. rely on that shit to happen in the playoffs. No, and I mean, also, at the end of the day, they still really don't have an offensive identity. It's pretty much just, like, take turns playing ISO, which it's it's not a winning formula, personally. But I think that, you know, like, given that they are a relatively different team, they have to adopt a different play style and you know the Kemba becoming a pass first point guard is a step in the right direction in terms of changing their identity but if they could actually you know like establish a consistent you know offensive set um aside from just like pass to Tatum and let him work which I mean like that works you know that's the thing it works in the regular season but yeah still still have to temper the the offensive expectations in a playoff series do you want to get into the Lakers yeah, uh, I mean, the only thing I, I really think I need to talk about, you know, they've, again, they pulled off a win against the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they've been, you know, pretty much the same team that they have been, you know, without LeBron and AD recently. You know, Dennis had the foot infection, so he has not been very good recently. But again, he's fighting through the pain, so I'm not really worried. But the big news is that, AD is on the way back. He was fully cleared. Um, I believe it was last Thursday. For just on-court activities, right? Just fully cleared. Like, yeah, to come mm-hmm. back to full court, uh, like full on-court activities. Uh, and he's just, you know, ramping up uh, conditioning-wise right now. But the the Achilles slash calf is completely healthy, um, which is great news obviously for the lakers i have missed watching anthony davis play so Mm -hmm. much and he really hasn't even played this year at all like he played the first you know 23 games but he or 
Yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he played the first like, or he's played twenty three games this year. But he yeah. was just not, you know, locked in no, in the yeah. beginning of the season. So I'm really excited to see him back on the court, and it's gonna be big for the Lakers um, because I think you know having him, you know, have a few games where he's the lone superstar without LeBron is gonna be really good for getting his confidence back and getting his rhythm back. Mm-hmm. Um. And, uh, they, like, they're going to be a good team with just with just him. But, you know, it looks like LeBron is going to be back sooner, much sooner than I thought he'd be. Uh, How's that? It looks, like he's probably, I, it looks like he's probably two weeks away, maybe less. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, as of yeah. when? Uh, what the as hell? Of, um, this, uh, I, like, recently, that's what uh, I heard from uh, this uh, like the Lakers doctor. That's ridiculous, dude. He so, he's yeah. not human. Like <laughs> I know he literally isn't. Like he, uh, I don't know if you saw him. He was like on the balloon, like the balance balloon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's he got a high ankle sprain two weeks ago. He's doing that already. Like he was doing that the whole game. Yeah. Like dude is a freak. And again, like it, it. Like if LeBron comes back soon, like the Lakers got you know basically a month to rev up the engine for the playoffs Mm -hmm. watch out i'm still so excited to see anthony davis and andre drummond on the court at the same time it's just like they are so physical in the playoffs and then you know like dennis at the point of attack um in the front court defense i like i still think that they are better than the nets i feel like they're just more complete I know you like. I was surprised actually because a few weeks ago you disagreed and you thought the Nets were the title favorite. I'm pretty sure Vegas still has the Lakers yeah, as I've, their. I've I've flipped I flipped back to the Lakers. Okay, okay, that's fair. And I feel I, like I just, you know, I just think their their defense has um you know the potential to be historically great. Mm-hmm. You know, really, people and like about how good the, what regard? the Nets. Like I I I legitimately think you know with Anthony Davis, LeBron locked in. To see what you know, a fully locked in Andre Drummond could actually look like. Uh, I mean, I think we're looking at a, a team that, you know, in a Western Conference that's filled with uh, offensive juggernauts. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if the numbers are going to look incredible on that end in the playoffs, but I really do think that this is a team that is going to absolutely shut people down in the playoffs. Yeah, like um, one hundred percent. The the versatility. That they have, and even you know, Andre Drummond is shockingly versatile for a guy his size. Like he was, you know, you'd think he's just a guy who only does drop coverage, but he can switch a little. Last night against the Jazz, or sorry, last yesterday afternoon Mm -hmm. against the Jazz, he was hedging and recovering excellently. Yeah, and it's kind of scary, you know. He still is frustrating as all hell when he takes these out of control layups <laughs> yeah. and he has the most ugly post-ups I've ever seen in my life. Uh so but again, those are never going to happen when AD gets and LeBron get back. But No, definitely not. Um, he is so uncoordinated. You know, it's crazy. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. But yeah, like <laughs> He's just a huge body. That's on, pretty much it. On the in the playoffs, you know, like with Wes Matthews, who has uh, he's sucked. His shooting has been bad this year, but his defense has been great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Alex Crusoe, you know, everyone knows 
who's watched last year's playoffs knows how great of a defender he is. Yep. Anyone who's watched the Lakers this year knows how great on defense Dennis has been, how great LeBron has been. THT. You know, yeah, I mean, THT, he's been better recently. He's still bad off the ball, and I don't know how much he'll be playing in the playoffs. Again, yeah. depending on the matchup. But, uh, you know, like, even Markeith Morris is a switchable big, uh, and... Obviously, they have Anthony fucking Davis, yeah. who might be the best defensive player in the entire NBA, especially in a postseason setting. I think, you know, I think that's really unique about the Lakers roster is that usually, you know, when you look at teams, a lot of the role players are are good at, you know, one thing. Like, they're really good shooters, mm-hmm. right? They can do one thing for you. But what the Lakers have is... You know, they don't have a bad defender on the roster, you know, who's yeah. going to play, which means so much in a playoff series. You know, I, I actually think I said this about the team last year, but it's a it's the same thing still exists. You know, everyone who plays is at worst an average defensive player like KCP might be the mm-hmm. worst defensive player in the playoff rotation. And KCP is an above average defensive player. Yeah. So honestly, when you put it like that, it is pretty crazy. There's just no again, you can't like matchup hunt with them. No. Again, the one player you might be able to matchup hunt with is Dennis, and that's just because he's six one, but he's probably going to be on an all defensive team this year. Yeah, you yeah. Like, like you really can't. I don't know. He, it, he's not like a Kemba Walker six one. You know what I mean? No, exactly. I mean he's a physical like he like he can def- he's defended bigger guys this year very well, and I just cannot wait. You know for their defense plus. You know, the, the LeBron ball offense, which is so frustrating in the regular season, but mm-hmm. it works in the playoffs. That's all I care about. Why do you find it frustrating? Is it just boring? Because, <laughs> not, not, I mean, it's just, there's no move. It's, again, it's just let LeBron do all the work. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, and, I mean, and, okay, uh, I guess. Like, uh, there's no real off-ball movement uh, and shit like that. So, it just gets frustrating hey. to watch when it's not working. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, let's, yeah. Actually, you know, let's spice it up a little bit instead of just, you know, going ISO and, again, let LeBron do everything for you. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, it, it it's what I would want to do, right? So it's a I winning recipe. That much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm not, I cannot disagree with the, the LeBron ball formula. I mean, he's, you know, captain some of the best playoff offenses ever. Um, But, yeah, again, I'd also like to amend to with the Lakers, but, yeah. I like to amend what I previously said about the uh, the championship futures. Actually, the Nets are now the betting favorite at plus two fifty, and the Lakers are right behind them at plus three fifty. Which, um, I guess this makes sense because you know, like the Lakers just have not been on the court together. And yeah, I mean, neither the Nets. No, yeah, that's the thing. Like the Nets, people have been talking about. Oh, like will the Lakers be able to pull it together? Like will the injury timetable work out properly? But the Nets are dealing with the exact same charades, and I'm. But this is their first year together. Yeah, you know no, exactly, I mean? like, exactly. Like they still have not, not been on the court together. The, that's why I'm not concerned about LeBron and AD being out. You know, other than you know Dennis and Andre Drummond, pretty much everyone on the team. Obviously, Wes Matthews, but he doesn't have a complex role. He stands in the corner and shoots threes <laughs> and plays defense. Right? Yeah. So, uh, but. You know, I'm not concerned about their chemistry because they won the championship last year in the bubble with most of the same roster, and they can go to lineups. Like, I think there's a good chance that some of their closing lineups will be, you know, Caruso, KCP, 
LeBron, Markeith, AD, which is a lineup of all people who were on the team last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really at all worried about the chemistry, but I am with the Nets. It's just, you know, it's you've never seen anything like this for a team who's won the champ, who's going on to, you know, compete for a championship. Yeah, and I mean, I'm still not, like, worried about the Nets' chemistry because, obviously, the offense they've been running has worked, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't overthink it too much, but... I do think it's a little weird how we're just so absurdly confident in their ability to win as a team when it's like it's a completely new team. It's a completely different group of guys. They have not like have they played a full game with the big three healthy for like a back to back yet? You know what I mean? Like, and I think the other thing with the Nets is, you know, like you never know what's going to happen with Kyrie, you know, like how are these guys going to react when there is real adversity? Yeah. You know, uh, obviously, you know, it seems like all the three of these guys like each other. Obviously, KD, Harden were teammates, and Kyrie and KD are good friends. That's why they joined up. But, you know, how is the relationship between Kyrie and James Harden? And, you know, James Harden has just, he's not been that good in the playoffs in the past. Yeah. You know, I think this is something that people are forgetting. He is just not been a great player performer previously now Kyrie has aside from like 2018 yeah oh yeah he was terrible that year yeah um and again he's he's gonna have to see the Milwaukee Bucks again like likely so yeah that seems like the only thing that can derail them at this point is like if they you know face a hard matchup will they implode you know I I mean not to again this is definitely overthinking it in my opinion but considering like who is like the actual leader you know like it seems like it's KD because he's the face you know he's he's, barely played yeah no i mean he's barely played like it's just gonna be weird when he comes back into a james harden led offense which is essentially what they're going to be in the playoffs like they have to put the ball in his hand at the beginning of every possession and like that doesn't mean that they can't flourish in off-ball roles um but i just think that like it is going to be an interesting dynamic because there's just so many personalities in the room so many like massive nba offensive superstars um, that it's like you, you never know. It could be a melting pot. And mm-hmm. if they get matched up against Milwaukee and, you know, Giannis goes crazy to open up like a 2-0 lead, you never know how they might respond to that. And it might not be the way that we expect. I, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. That about does it for us. If you have any final thoughts. I think, yeah, I think I gave them out. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next Sunday.